Welcome to a special 58th New York Film Festival edition of the Film at Lincoln Center podcast. Today, programmer Rachel Rosen is joined by director Victor Kosakowski to discuss his remarkable, heartbreaking documentary, Gunda, which uses natural sound design and crisp, pastoral black and white cinematography to immerse the viewer in the compassionate tale of a so who lives on a farm in Norway. Get tickets for tonight's premiere at the Queen's Drive-In or nationwide virtual tickets at filmlink.org NYFF. Let's go to the conversation now. I think in the past that you've said that if you already know what you're going to say about a film's topic, that you probably shouldn't be making a film. And yet I felt while I was watching this film that you had something pretty passionate that you wanted to communicate by making it. So I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about how you balance those two ideas of leaving yourself open, but also having something that you want us to get from a film. Yeah, you 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 got me just into the point because yeah, you're right, absolutely. This is contradiction. First of all, uh, when I was four years old, I I spent some couple of few months in the village uh, between Moscow and St. Petersburg and it was very cold winter <clears throat> and relatives they lived uh, in a like wood wooden house and it was so cold that they they had a piglet probably a couple of months or one month old piglet and as far winter was so cold they took him into the house so and he became my best friend Vasya I call him Vasya, they call him Vasya as well. So I was four years old, he was probably one or two months old, and he was my best friend at that time. And of course, in Christmas time, it was, he was killed and eaten by my relatives. So I made scandal and I made strike and I said, I, you kill my friend and I can't eat meat. And in Soviet Union, it wasn't possible news. Like so in Soviet Union, kid wants to be vegetarian. So it's a probably first case in the Soviet Union. So in all my life, when I became filmmaker, I wanted to do something about it. But of course, if you ask producers, listen, I want to make a movie about pigs, chicken, and cows, no one will make, no one will produce it, right? So I was lucky to, in the end of the, my career mostly, I'm, I was lucky to, to meet Anita and Jocelyn Barnes, who they just decided to help me, and, and it happened finally. So, but of course, even I was all my life, vegetarian after this film you know you cannot you you first of all you become vegan of course right you because it's just impossible <laughs> and and um, and you already cannot forget it you cannot forget that every second gunda was communicating she she didn't she didn't speak language right uh, human language but she was communicating every second 
So I cannot forget your eyes. I cannot forget your look at me, like half she look at me. And I cannot forget your last look at me when kind of almost saying, what can I tell you guys? You're hopeless. Like, first of all, she, when she came to me, I knew I was with camera and she came to me and she kind of looked at me saying, almost saying, what did you do? For, what did you do? Why you are doing it to me? Why are you doing it to me? Right? And then she almost hopeless. She looked in the last look, like almost hopeless, like what to talk about with you guys, right? It's like almost saying like you, you will never understand what I feel, right? So, and it's so simple. We all can understand it, but we decided we don't know about it. We decided we, we don't think about it. We decided it's not our business. I don't know why we decided this, but we decided not to think about it, unfortunately. Well, you've definitely made us think about it uh, with this film. I'm wondering, I mean, you seems like you always intended it to be full of pigs and cows and chickens. I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about casting the film, if we can call it that, and uh, how you found the particular animals that you highlighted. Surprisingly, it was so easy. We were planning uh, to spend like four or six months for casting, but we found Gunda in the first day, in the first minute. So we, we, we knew there is a farm close to Oslo, and scientists said, oh, go there, there is interesting farms. They, they, give, uh, they give freedom a little bit. Normally, 99% of pigs, they live in the cage, and they born in the cage one meter and one and a half meter long, and they, they born there and they die there, so they don't move. And in Norway, they, they give freedom to, in some farms, they give freedom to animals. And, and scientists who start, we, we talk with scientists first. I, I, I normally do it. I speak with best scientists of the world who study animals before I film something trying to start talk with best people who knows about, uh, who studies them. So, and they say, there is a farm, they, they, they live in different conditions, these animals. They have 20 meters of free space, each of them, and kind of free territory they can walk around. And so we came there, we just opened the door, and Gunda came to us, and I said to the producer, we found it. Look, it's Meryl Streep. It, her, her face was so powerful. She came and she looked at me. And it was obviously, we found it. We, didn't, we, we just didn't search anymore. So it was immediately, Gunda was so, she was immediately communicating. She came and she looked, and I knew I found it. So I was really lucky. Maybe it's... Uh, yeah, and then she was so friendly with us. So we, we were a big team. We put trail around. We was dolly. We moving with big lenses. We and she was friendly. She allowed us to. Of course, we made it in a way that lens was inside house, but we were outside of house, so we didn't we didn't touch. We made kind of construction in a way that. 
uh, it allowed us to be outside of here, but lens was inside. So, and we were able to move 360 degree, but still she never, she never complained. <laughs> she, she did never complain. So it, she was friendly. And uh, after the film, what is good about it that after the film, normally poor pigs, they live very short, right? They, they live 10 times shorter than they're supposed to live. 10 times shorter. Imagine we have billion pigs at the planet at the moment. Billion, one billion pigs. And they live 10 times shorter than they're supposed to live. So, and um, in US, you eat over 100 kilograms of meat every month, every year, each of you. Uh, I'm not judging, I'm just, just, for, for your, just for your knowledge. So, 100 kilograms, it's a lot, right? So, um, yeah, and, uh, but, what happened is that, yeah, uh, the the owner of the farm, after watching the film, decided that she will live until her uh, natural oh. end. So this is at least this film made one, at least one pig can be happier a little bit. Yeah. You've said in the past that, uh, every aesthetic choice in a film is likely to have an ethical aspect to it. And I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about what, if any, ethical considerations there are or were when you're filming animals uh, as opposed to humans, and if you uh, had any ethical choices that you made during the film that you needed to balance? Of course, it's a good question, of course. And of course, I told you already, we, we first of all, we gave her space. We, we decided, we, 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 we made it in a way that lens is inside, but we all team outside. But, and of course, when, when you have, as you know, filmmaking is a manipulation tool. You know, for filmmaking is a weapon, right? I can make easily, I can make you a monster, right? And I can make you angel. For example, when she decided to kill her kid, because she was not able, she knew that this kid is weak. She knew it, this kid will not make it. And as far as she did not have enough, how do you call it, nipples, right? She mm -hmm. didn't have enough milk. So she supposed, she, she knew she, so she must make this decision. And if I would make propaganda movie, like vegan propaganda movie, I would cut it out, right? This episode, I will not show it because obviously it's a controversial episode. Like, and if you want to make people laugh here, they probably will not show this, right? But I said, no, I don't do propaganda. I don't do propaganda. This is, I, I'm not who I am to decide to, to make to judge her, I'm not. To ju I'm not there to judge her, right? She. This is her. Life. They live millions, few, like millions years longer than human in the planet. Millions years longer. They know how to 
what to do and how to do. But we decided that we are most important creatures in the world. And we decided we can decide if they have to live or they have to die. Or if they, we decided to separate them with babies and babies with moms. And we decided everything is for us. I don't know why we decided. And the fact that we are talking now through Zoom, it's a, it's a penalty, right? Nature is punishing us yeah. in a way because we are too proud of ourselves. We, we believe we are most important, but in fact, we are not. We, we can only live five days without water and two weeks without plants, and that's all. And then we die. <laughs> and if you die, nature will just probably be happy without us. I'm not saying we should die, but I have to say we have to be, I have to say we need to respect nature more. We need to understand it before we change it. We need to respect it before we dominate it. We, 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 we creatures who invented chemical weapon, as you know what's happening now in my poor country, who invented nuclear weapon, torturing, which is still everywhere, in, including your country, my country, and everywhere, torturing machine guns. We inventing horrible things. We are like this. We are still not understanding we are still thinking, fighting about, we are still questioning like rights of people with God. We, what is this? We are still talking about it. We still not came to conclusion. We still talking about rights of women, rights of people with different sexual orientation. We still not decided, at least we're not eating a human. Thank you. We are very slow, but at least we are going there. And I hope, as Tolstoy said, Lev Tolstoy said, we will not make next step until we understand. And to kill animal and to mistreat animal is the same as mistreat human and kill human is the same. It's act of killing, nothing else. We allow ourselves to torture to mistreat and to kill. We allow ourselves to do this. Doesn't matter, it's animal or human. We have to accept we are able to do this. If we are able to do this, then why are we surprised that there is still war? Why are we surprised that there is still fight in the streets? Why are we surprised? We, we know we are killing them. We know we are torturing them. We know we mistreat them. And we do see, we, we, we play games that we don't know. We eat every morning and we know it was just killed. We are killing three trillion fishes every year. We are killing one billion pigs every year. We are killing half billion, billion cows every year. Billions, I'm talking, we are killing 50 billion chickens every year. We are killing. I'm not talking only, but how have, have, have we treat them? How they live? 
We don't care. They live in cages. We take their kids from the moment they're born and separate them because we want milk and chocolate. We don't care. We don't care. And why? Who said that we are most important? Why we decide that we are most important? Maybe it's a mistake in Bible, in Bible written in first page, that first God made darkness and light, earth and uh, water, plants, animals, and then human to rule over it. Maybe this is a mistake. Maybe their mistakes. That who said we are most, who says that we are supposed to rule? By the way, we can say that all of us, we divide it in two. If I'm not talking man and woman or colors or really, but we generally can, can say one of us believe in God, one of us believe in evolution. Generally, very simply said, it's like this, but I have bad news for both. Bad news for both. If you believe in God, first of all, it's written, don't kill. And if you believe in God, you believe you have soul. In good, you see she does have soul as well. But if you don't believe in God, I also have bad news for you. Because if you believe in evolution, then evolution will not stop in human. Then it will appear more clever creature, more clever than human. And might happen, it will be more aggressive. And might happen, he will use our babies for Christmas parties to eat. Just be careful. Let's wake up. Let's respect nature. Just let's stop. And what we do, one billion people at the moment do not have water. One billion people has no access to water. In the same time, we have one billion cows, which each of them needs 10 times more water than human, just to, to feed and to, to make, produce food for her, for cow. Cows need more water than human. We have billion cows, but we have no water for a billion people. And we spend 10 times more water to produce meat. Then we have to kill it. Then we have to freeze it, froze it, freeze it, sorry. Then we have to cut it, transport it. What we are doing? What we are doing? Then we have to cook it and eat it. Bon appetit. But before we do this, what we do? In order to have food for car, we cut trees. We cut forests. What we are doing? What fuck we are doing, people? Isn't, isn't it enough?
<laughs> no, no need to apologize. You can, what's so beautiful about the film is that you can feel your passion in it, uh, but in a way that's um, expressed cinematically. And, and one of the things I really appreciated about the film that I think is so unusual is that you didn't anthropomorphize any of the animals. Uh, I mean, I think we see so many images on TV and movies of animals and they're always somehow, people feel like they have to make them somehow human for us to hear what you're saying, that humans have to relate to animals as if they're little humans in, in order to feel that message. And what I think is so revolutionary about the film is that you manage to do that with that, by presenting them in their own way. And I, I guess I, I want you to talk a little bit about some of the aesthetic choices you made that made that possible. Uh, so I'd love if you talked a little bit more about the look of the film, both it being in black and white, but also just, I know you have very specific ideas about what camera lenses to use for each film and like um, just choices like that. I really appreciated being Mostly there's one shot, I think, that rises above a cow, but almost always at the level, eye level of the animal that you're filming. I thank you for this question, Brian. Um, interesting, you know, we started to film color, but then we realized that we have too much to see. So we see beautiful sky, beautiful trees, beautiful grass, flowers. And it's, it looks like good, good uh, poster card, postcard, you know. And then when we took color uh, out, we realized we see personality. You don't, you don't have, you just see her, you just see her eyes and you see. So, and it was so fr fresh. Sometimes, Black and white looks like something old-fashioned, and uh, but in this case, it was fresh. It was, in a way, it was new, because you suddenly, you suddenly see her, herself, as she is, and you're right. When 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 bull, when huge bull came to the tree, and instead of and which never been outside the bull. And instead of eating leaves on the tree, he just smell it, right? And when cow, cow came to the, to the, and she saw flowers and she started smelling it. It was so breathtaking. I, uh, we were so happy to see all of this. And, of course, I, I always wanted to to make movie without music because music always dominate and emphasize our emotions, right? And of course, in this case, it's easy. In the final, you can make everyone cry, right? If you just put right music, all room will cry, right? So, and I said, no, maybe I should 
because again it's not about me not about my art not about cinema it's not about i just want us to see her and uh, i decided we shouldn't use any music we, we shouldn't make any all sounds ideal all all is real even it's atmos unfortunately i don't know you probably didn't see that i don't know how you see it yeah we we we, we even yeah it's so can talk endless about it <laughs> thank you for the question <laughs> yeah. I, i mean I, i'm curious to know just like when you are outside how how can you just explain a little bit about uh, in non technical terms how you were shooting i mean some of those scenes especially that last uh, shot i think it's like 15 14 15 minutes long maybe you can talk about whether you knew in advance that you were going to leave that shot that long uh, or whether that was again something that you were just filming and discovered that it needed to be that long in the editing process this is very interesting question because you know miraculously i knew everything what will happen so my my camera crew my my crew generally is a young people from from norway spain uh, italy denmark russia so they, they, in the morning we said i said we were choosing where to put camera and i said we have to give her space i i said she will she will be desperate we have to we, we should not be close that we will distract her space and but we also have put camera in a way not only that we see everything where where goes tractor where where she might go but also in a way that if she wants to talk to us if she wants to come to us she has this opportunity so so and i said we have to be there and people my team said why do you think we have to be there i said i just feel it i just know it will she will come and be i i knew it this is miracle but i knew it it's just maybe experience of long life filmmaking i don't know what it is but i knew she will come i knew she will come and and happen and then we didn't believe we didn't in the end i heard my i had had uh, my headphones uh, in my and i heard my team was behind me crying they young people but yeah i'm sorry i'm so emotional today i don't know well i i i feel emotional i mean your film makes me feel emotional i'm sure the audience feels the same but uh i just want to thank you so much for the film and for joining us in this um you know it's maybe not the ideal way to have a conversation but it's still um really meaningful to hear you talk about the film so thanks so much for being with us ciao people thank you very much